then you're also going to handle the comments too. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Monkey Finance YouTube channel. My name is Monkey, and tonight I have a very special guest coming on for his first ever live stream. I'd like to welcome Stanley from the Credit Frog. Stanley, welcome to your first live stream. Hey there, Moki. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be part of this live stream, and I'm really excited to also talk to you about credit cards. That's right. Uh, we've uh, been talking in private for a while now, working on setting me up for my first credit card in, uh, geez, four, four and a half years. Um, for those of you that don't know Stanley, he's uh, been a private member of mine's forever. Uh, he's one of the OG members, and he started his own channel, so please go check it out. I'll make sure I link in the description below as well. But it's the Credit Frog, and he talks all about credit cards. And he piqued my interest on one credit card, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but before even that, um, I was digging his content. I had him on for a podcast. We had a really good conversation about credit cards. And he's always told me, hey, you know, credit cards are not this bad, evil thing. They can be, but they can also be used wisely. And you can actually get some really cool benefits, um, which, you know, sometimes it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And I am that old dog. But Stanley taught me a new trick. He got me signed up for a credit card. And uh, so far, I've used it. Uh, the first time I swiped it, I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Even though I had the cash ready to pay, I was still like, oh, God, it's happening. And um, swiped it. I felt I felt OK after that. I swiped it again. Actually, I entered it again for the car rental and uh, already um, pretty good so far. Uh, nothing too crazy as far as the spending. Everything's been planned. Um, but like I said, we'll get into that. So, Stanley, uh, if you just want to give a brief introduction about yourself again, I know a lot of people are probably going to recognize you, but uh, let us know about you, your channel, and kind of what you do over there and uh, how everything's going. Sure. Yeah. So, again, my name is Stanley. I uh, run the Credit Frog YouTube channel, so you can just search, search that on YouTube and find me. Uh, we talk about mostly things about credit cards, uh, anything like uh, you know, unboxings or watch me applies or something to do some strategies. Most of the content is about credit card strategies, like what you can do with credit cards to help get you value from it, whether it be cash back, travel, points, miles. And we have a good time there down in the comments. And we also collaborate with a lot of other individuals like yourself, Moki, and other credit card YouTube channels as well. And so I post content uh, weekly, sometimes twice weekly if I feel up to it. Uh, but otherwise, you know, we just have a good time and just talk about credit cards, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And so uh, thanks again, Moki, for having me on. I think it's really cool because I've always watched your content and it's been about you know, finance and investing, but you always had this really strong stance about credit cards. And, and even though you know, I'm a huge fan, a huge supporter of your channel, it was something that you know, I didn't agree with you as, as much. And so I think we have common investing styles, but maybe not so much in credit cards. And so one thing I wanted to explore like, right from the get-go from you is you know, what really changed your mind about going from you know Dave Ramsey style debit cards only kind of all the credit cards to maybe just thinking about starting to use a credit card because a lot of people I'm sure are in the same boat as you. Yeah, and that's a good question. Uh, honestly, it it came down when I was trying to rent uh, that Tesla. I have a trip in California planned next month, mm -hmm. and uh, I decided, hey, I want to I'm going to be in Cali. I want to rent a Tesla. Because I'm going to be driving up and down the coast. Right. And I don't want to pay for gas out there because I'm cheap. <laughs> but I know it's not cheap to rent Tesla. Enough. Anyways, um, the company I usually use is Dollar. Um, uh, and they allow debit cards. I've rented from them uh, for the last four years. Never had an issue. Um, they do put a hold on my debit card. But other than that, nothing crazy. So I, I did the application for the Tesla rental through Hertz Online. Uh, put in my debit card info. Did all that. And then I went to the confirmation screen and they, they in this bold lettering, they said, uh, because even if you're paying with a debit card to rent this car at the counter, you have to present a valid credit card. Otherwise, they're not going to rent it to you. And like everything, my blood starts boiling when somebody tells me that. Right. So I got really upset. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I just want to rent Tesla. Um, and I shut down the, the rental application, whatever. And then I, I slept on it that night and I'm like, you know, Stanley's been putting out this one travel credit card uh, that I saw a video of yours probably two months ago now, but mm -hmm. it stuck stuck in my head. And I'm like, let me reach out to him and see um, what would be, you know, the best starter travel credit card that I can use for travel. Because we do travel, me and my wife, we travel quite a bit. Um, we actually travel sure. 
probably more than the average person. And while it's been fine, we've run into issues in Mexico one time uh, with our hotel not accepting my debit card and sure. uh, a issue in Europe one time with a car rental. Other than that, I've managed to travel with a debit card. But then I started thinking now, you know, have a, a young kid and I, it's stressful enough traveling with a kid. The last thing I want to have on my mind is like getting to some place and not being able to have a car rental or a hotel because I'm don't have a credit card. So I think a lot of it had to do with like future travel plans. I just wanted to make those smoother and I wanted to get a card that would maybe uh, benefit me uh, for, for travel uh, and nothing else. I didn't want to use it for groceries. I didn't want to use it for everyday expenses. I'm just not, ready to do that right so when i reached out to you and and kind of picked your brain on it you gave me a lot of options you gave me quite a few credit cards um i don't know if you remember a lot of them but uh i do i do actually so because you know that's one of my things i I love talking about credit cards i love uh, kind of seeing everyone's different strategy and kind of what they want from a credit card because there's so many options and there's so many things you can choose from i think it's more to figure out what the person or what the the user what they want specifically and you gave me a pretty good list of what exactly you wanted from a credit card. You already mentioned one of them, which is travel. Mm -hmm. You're going to use this credit card for travel, which is really important. Uh, You also said that you're going to use it abroad too, because you have a couple of international trips. And so really the no foreign transaction fees is going to be very important for you. And you mentioned that to me. I know how you feel about credit cards. And so I know you're not going to be something that's going to go too off the walls. I kind of like what myself and some of the other credit card YouTubers do and and kind of get a little bit more than we should. But, you know, you want to have a credit card to have. So you probably want to start with a no annual fee credit card. So that was something else. And then also, you know, we had to talk a little bit about your personal financial information, you know, things like, you know, what bank accounts do you have? Like, you know, what was the last time you had a credit card, you have a mortgage, things like that. And and so we're not going to air that on here. But basically, it's um, looking at those factors. And so when you look at kind of the no annual fee portion, the uh, no foreign transaction fee portion, the travel card, you know, the certain number of cards came to my mind. Um, and the first one was clearly the Wells Fargo autograph card. That one was a great card. And no, people don't typically like to do or like Wells Fargo because of their past history, yeah. but I think they are coming back and trying to do better, which is good. And their recent products have been very good also with the active cash as well as the autograph card. And so the autograph card is pretty nice. I mean, if you look at their you know multipliers, they have a lot of great multipliers, including 3X on restaurants, 3X on travel, 3X on gas, 3X on transit, pop receiving services, and the phone plans too. And so that kind of really was nice and kind of everything you're talking about in terms of travel, but also it has no foreign transaction fees on a no annual fee card. And so that I think was really the top one for me, for you. Um, you did mention you stayed a lot of Marriott car, or Marriott hotels. And so the Marriott Bonvoy Bold was another option. Uh, I know that typically for travel with Chase, Chase Sapphire Preferred tends to be the one that people like the most because it has no, no foreign transaction fees. Uh, it does have a very low annual fee of ninety five dollars, but you know I didn't really want to get you into an yeah. annual fee card at this point. Even if it was a dollar, I'd be like, no. <laughs> I, I think the nice thing about no annual fee cards is that you know when you have one, you don't, you never have to figure out of getting value because you always get value because you don't pay anything for it, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, but what's nice about Chase is that they have a lot of co branded credit cards that not only have no annual fees but also offer no foreign transaction fees as well the Marriott Bonvoy Bold being one of them, the Chase United Gateway being another one. There are a lot of different options for no annual fee cards that you can do, uh, that you can get uh, for for kind of what you're looking for. So that Marriott Bonvoy Bold card was another option. I don't know if, if those two weren't going to float your boat. The one other card I thought about was, well, maybe the SoFi 2% card would be good for you. I mean, that's a good all-around card. It's not specifically travel-focused, mm-hmm. but it does have no annual fee. It has no foreign transaction fees, which is the biggest thing for you. Yeah. Um, there are Discover cards, too. Discover is a great way to start if you were to restart your credit card journey or start. In general, people love Discover cards uh, just because uh, they're very easy to use and they have no annual fees, and all of them have no foreign transaction fees. Mm-hmm. But for from my perspective, I think that having a no foreign transaction fee card on a visa is the best way to go or MasterCard. Um, Using American Express or Discover, it's a little bit harder because you have to think of not only 
do I have no foreign transaction fees, but do you also take American Express or Discover yeah. overseas? And that's yeah. always like, you never really know. So just having a MasterCard and Visa in that setting is a, is a way better way to go for that. And so that was the three that we discussed, uh, this autograph, the Marriott Bond by Bold, and the SoFi 2% card. But you chose the Wells Fargo autograph card. So why don't you tell people about your experience about applying for that card? Oh, geez. This was... Uh, so I, I I just applied for a mortgage about a, not even a year ago, and I think it was more stressful applying for this credit card than it was my mortgage. So, <laughs> uh, I had one of my credit. Uh, so I have a, I have my credit frozen, right? And um, with Experian, I didn't have a profile. I think back in the day, I froze it with a pin. So I tried to log or try to unfreeze it, but it wanted like a username. I didn't have anything, so I, I went through create a username and all this, and then it asked me security questions. I failed the first one, passed the second one. I was like, okay, cool. So I got Experian and Frozen. But I know with Wells Fargo, they could have pulled from either or, so I had to get them all in Frozen. Uh, TransUnion and, and Equifax were probably a little bit more breezier, but it, it was probably a good 30 minutes of scrambling around trying to find those pins or trying to find login information or resetting passwords. So that part was a little hectic. Um, but then when I finally unblocked it all, I was like, all right, cool, I'm in. Uh, the, yeah. the Wells Fargo application was pretty quick. Uh, I did that from my phone, probably maybe 10 minutes. Um, and then I got the, 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 the fun screen. Nobody wants to get, it's like your credit card applications in, in review. Right. So, uh, right away I, I, I texted you and hit you up. I said, Hey man, I don't think, I don't think they approved me. And you gave me some great advice. Like call them, you know, let's talk them, see if they need any more info. Uh, obviously they were closed. Uh, another probably downside of using Wells Fargo is they're not like a 24 seven operation. Um, so they were closed. I had to wait till Monday. I called them up on Monday and spoke to, to the, um, uh, credit card services department. And it wasn't that big of a deal. It was a little bit of hiccup where, uh, my, when I unfroze my credit didn't update right away. So I basically unfroze it and applied for the credit card within minutes of itself. Um, so it took, it took a, it took them a day to rerun it. They reran it. Uh, everything came. I think a 722 was my credit score or something like that. I don't remember yeah. if I'm somewhere in that range, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I did that and uh, sigh of relief, really. When, but then it was like, all right, let's wait for the card because I'm here. I'm ready to book my trips. I don't want to wait to, you know, the last minute to buy the airline tickets. So anxiously waited for the card in the mail, got the card in the mail, um, and then right away uh, bought the airline tickets with it. Uh, which was uh, a little bit nerve wracking because then I would just like, all right, when are these going to post? I, I want to pay it off. <laughs> and it took like two business days for it to post. And uh, now I've uh, used it uh, three times. So I've used it for airline tickets, the car rental and and, and a gas fill up. Uh, and I feel a lot better about it. So it still uh, doesn't ride with me. It's still in my safe uh, unless I, I intend on using it. But yeah, it was, it was quite a process. And honestly, uh, I'm just glad that uh, I actually went through and did it because a lot of the time that I wanted to do it, I felt like, no, I'm not going to do it or I'm going to back out or I'm going to get the card and I'm going to shred it. And I actually committed to doing it. So I think part of it was uh, to celebrate you and and your 1000 subscribers uh, and, and for this live stream. But the other part really was, was for personal reasons that uh, we'll, we'll go into a little bit later. But with, with our extended travel plans heading into next year, it just made sense at this point in my life to probably have a credit card and, and to start using it uh, slightly uh, as, as far as uh, for uh, these travel expenses. Yeah, I think just doing because using it like you know a little at a time will kind of get your feet wet very yeah. easily, and that will make you feel more comfortable with it. It won't freak me out, right? Because I have this right. freak out factor about it that like every swipe will put me into debt. Uh, that's mm-hmm. it's been stamped into my head for four years. So it's like when somebody stamps something in your head, and now you're right. like uh, you're trying to break it. Uh, it's it's like uh, it t- it takes time, right? But eventually, mm-hmm. I think I'll get more comfortable, especially once we uh, travel. I'll be a lot more comfortable with it and. Uh, it'll kind of get integrated into my everyday, not my everyday purchasing, but just kind of everyday uh, things that I'm buying for travel and stuff like that. Right, right. And I think you covered a lot of interesting things when you were talking about your application process, because, you know, a lot of times uh, when you apply for a credit card, you know, for, for me personally, I really don't like hard pulls, uh, especially if a hard pull for no reason. So when you mm-hmm. hard pull and you get denied, that's just a hard pull for no reason that stays in your account for two years. Eventually it'll fall off. Yes, but like that's not a hard pull that you didn't need to have. But uh, when you applied, you know, you got that screen that says, you know, we're, we're going to review your, your application or we're waiting to do something. And so 
um, you know, when you when you texted me and you were kind of freaked out about it, I said, listen, you know, you're you're not denied. You're never denied until they say you're denied. Right. Yeah. And so that's and that was very, good. Yeah, that was good perspective. <laughs> that's very important for a lot of people that are newer to credit cards to understand is that it's not like no until they you call them and they're like, no. So you have to just kind of trust in the process and just kind of go through the right motions. And, you know, we kind of talked through them and walked through them while that was happening for you. And you we kind of looked at, well, you know, you can call something called the reconsideration line, which can say, you know, we can call it to someone personal and say, you know, you know, is there anything else I can really do for you? Can I give you more information? Do you need more information from me? Uh, because you haven't had a credit card for many years, I thought that maybe that was one of the reasons why they had hold put a hold on it for uh, for a little bit. And so I think that that's good that we kind of went through that. Um, I wish that they again had someone there on the weekend, but sometimes they don't, and that's yeah. you know from bank to bank. Uh, but again, you know, even when the application you do it and it says you're denied, that sometimes doesn't even mean you're denied. You can really? still call this reconsideration line and ask them, hey, you know, I was recently denied for this credit card. Is there any way or any information I can give to you to, you know, uh, reconsider me or to see if I can get this credit card and give them, the, you know, whatever reason you want to get the card for. And that sometimes can work uh, very well for a lot of different issuers. And so, of course, we like the approval immediately, right? When we sent the application, but it doesn't always happen. And so I'm glad you kind of went through that process. So now if you were to apply for a credit card, Next time, Oki, no pressure, by the way, um, <laughs> you'll know what to do. And that's yeah. exactly uh, good that you had that, you know, that experience. Yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. And again, being out of the game for for so long uh, before I worked really hard to have a good credit score I had an 800 plus credit score. So anytime I applied for a card, it was like an automatic. I've never gone through like a denial thing or anything. It was just like apply online, approved card comes in the mail. Uh, never really had any issues with credit. Cause I had such a high credit score, but now that really the mortgage is the only active line and I've actually closed all the old credit cards, mm -hmm. which did hurt my score quite a bit. And it's kind of bounced back a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just, uh, it was interesting. It was a little bit nerve wracking, I think, cause I was excited about the card and so set on the card. I would have been very dejected if I didn't get it. So there was right. a lot of that. And like, I was rooting for of, you. I was like, I got, yeah, he got this card. You know, think about backup plans. <laughs> I'm like my credit union. If I show my face there, they know I don't use credit cards. And then I go in there and ask them, they're going to laugh at me. So I was like, yeah. it was kind of like a, you know, I just really wanted this card and I'm glad I got it. Glad it worked out obviously with your help. Thank you so much for that. Um, the, the thing I want to say too, is that sign up bonus, it was, uh, it had an initial spend and it's another thing that attracted me to it. Now, Wells Fargo system is weird. Um, I, and maybe just cause I've, I haven't banked with like a big bank in a long time, but, um, like their rewards, the way they update, they're slow and everything's super weird on that system, but they had a really good sign up bonus. At least what I thought, I don't know. You can tell me if, if there's better, but it was, they were offering, if you spend 1500, uh, in the first 90 days, you get $30,000 or 30,000 rewards points, not $30,000. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's all sign up. Um, but you get 30,000 rewards points, which equal to $300. And uh, I just kept thinking like, all right, I have to buy the airline tickets, which are going to be 900 bucks and the car rental is 650. So it's like, boom, those two purchases alone that I'm getting ready to make, will get me this sign up bonus so that i was kind of bummed out if i didn't get it like i would miss on that too because now i see what everybody's talking about i see this uh uh sort of urge or need to maximize these points not in, in a responsible way i'm not saying i'm going to go out there and uh just spend 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 like the commercial shade like pay for everybody's lunch so i can get my 3x no right, right. but uh i can see you know you can benefit and Having a $350 credit statement, which is half the car rental coming to me this month, was a huge benefit because it paid for half my car rental and no annual fee. I didn't have to do anything. Um, it, it really reassured me that it was like the right decision, that I didn't make a mistake. Um, and yeah, so far it's been fun. Uh, watching the rewards stack up is nice. Getting the sign-up bonus is nice. Uh, those categories we mentioned, I did actually, I forgot to say this, but I did add my cell phone plan onto the credit card Smart, uh, because one of the perks was uh, up to 600 bucks. Like if you ever lose your phone, if your phone's stolen, hmm. um, they'll give you a credit up to 600 bucks. So I was like, well, yeah, I can just, I'm paying my phone bill with my uh, checking account every month. I'll just switch it over. And same thing. I know my phone bill goes on the 24th. 
when it posts on the card, I pay it off the next uh, day. And uh, now I have this added uh, protection as far as, as the cell phone. So the card does have some good perks. It is a Visa signature card, like uh, like you mentioned. So, you know, I don't have to worry about uh, is it accepted? It's going to be accepted even in e- Eastern Europe, where uh, very rarely do they have anything except Visa or MasterCard that they take. Right. Um, right. You know, so it, it, it'll, it'll give me that peace of mind that I really want traveling with a young family uh, where I don't have to worry about stuff. And yeah, yeah I think and, it, it's a good fit. You know, I think the cell phone thing is good too, because also for cracked screens, that's probably the most common thing you're going to come up with is if you're, you drop your phone accidentally and you crack your screen. I actually did a video on that about four months ago with American mm-hmm. Express, but I'm sure the insurance works pretty much the same with Wells Fargo. Although I haven't looked at it, kind of. Is it with well? Yet. Is it with well? I thought it was with Visa. Is it with Wells it's, Fargo? Though? Wells Fargo. It's not with them specifically. That you have an insurance company they work with. I'm sure, like a third mm. party. But mm-hmm. uh, you have to kind of look at the specifics. To yeah, I have the pamphlet. Yeah. yeah, I have the pamphlet. Um, read through another that. thing too in in foreign countries is that if you lose your card or it gets damaged or something, you can like cancel it, and it's like whatever. Because there's that yeah. purchase protection, which is really nice too. Because you know, obviously, when you go abroad, there's a lot of pickpocketers, a lot of, you of know, ways to have, lose your card, and so that's also nice. Not you know, to have your debit card like kind of lying somewhere, which is direct access to your bank account. Having a credit card is nicer because you can really have uh, the peace of mind knowing that you can just cancel the card if something gets charged on it. You can always just say, "You, that's not me." You can have yeah. the bank kind of take care of that for you. And, and the foreign transaction fee really is like the seller for me because. Uh, when I'm out there, I'll be out there for a couple of months. Uh, I'll rack up a few, you know, maybe five, six thousand dollars in spending. And if you're being charged a three percent foreign transaction fee, you know, that stuff adds up. So it's like you get the the rewards, the three X rewards of those travel categories. And you also get to bypass the foreign transaction fee. So that to me, you know, it made it like a no brainer. It's like, why wouldn't I want these extra protections, extra benefits uh, and really no cost? To me, and that that that's the big right. thing. Uh, if it was going to cost me anything, I, I think I would have been very skittish and backed mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I if it would entice me to use it every day, I think I would have backed away. And and this card, um, like the SoFi card, I did consider because SoFi is actually a really good company, and they offer really good products uh, with their checking accounts. We, when my wife had her student loans originally, the private ones with Chase, she refinanced with SoFi and they were great and all that. So yeah, nothing bad against SoFi. I just think as a 2% everyday card, I probably would have uh, overspent on it for sure. Yeah. And then the Marriott Bonvoy one, I think I just, I still can't get over Chase. That relationship yeah. between me and Chase is is deep. And I'm just like, I, even though Wells Fargo is not that much better, actually Wells right. Fargo screwed way more people over <laughs> probably than Chase with yeah. those fake accounts. But I never had a relationship with Wells Fargo and kind of was willing to give it a shot because I really like, not because I'm going to have a checking account or savings accounts or any other products with them, just because I think this credit card was like, it fit like a glove, right? And mm-hmm. so we'll see. Uh, I, I think it's going to be my first one for a while, um, mm-hmm. probably for a year, year and a half. Uh, and then uh, I'll probably consult you in a year and a year and a half to see, hey, where we stack and if, if there's something that I can do uh, uh, that's better. But uh, right now, the the plan and this kind of the big uh, I don't know, I think I've hinted at these plans a, a few times. But recently uh, we we purchased the, uh, a pickup truck and we're getting ready to purchase the RV here in the spring, hopefully knock on wood, oh. if everything goes well. And we're going to be traveling uh, probably three to four months out of the year um, in the United States. Mm-hmm. That's so, exciting. Yeah, it is. So we're, we're going to be out on the road uh, seeing all kinds of different things, uh, spending. We don't know our, our, our house is going to be on wheels. So we don't know where we're going to end up. Um, so it'll be fun. But it'll, it'll be really, uh, uh, I think, uh, easy with this card because I just filled up the truck and it's like 150 bucks per fill up. So like, yeah. Right off the bat, uh, just filling up the truck or at the KOAs at the campsites, you know, paying the campsite fees will be 50, 60 bucks. Uh, I don't know if those would count as travel rewards. I don't know. We'll see. You how have to look into those. the fine print, but yeah. travel transits, uh, I'm not sure about Wells Fargo. Uh, I know that Bank America and Chase would most likely cover that, uh, yeah. but I'm not sure about Wells Fargo. You have to look. More yeah, I'll that. have to look and I'll, and I'll see too. Again, their system is so. Uh, one thing I, I do have to downgrade is their system. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, when I got that statement, there was no breakdown of how the reward points worked. And then when I log into like the my reward system, it doesn't like 
tell me what I've earned for every purchase, which I, I mm-hmm. as I remember when I had Discover, it did. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's been a while. Um, so I'm not too happy with that. But they typically do at most banks. They will list out all of your things you bought, and then next to what you bought, they'll say this is what how many rewards you got. And yeah, I, I don't yeah. know if it just hadn't updated yet. In the and, yeah, that's another thing we talked yeah. about. It could take maybe another cycle. This is uh, to be fair. I just got the card in September, like the first of September. So mm-hmm. it's had a half a cycle. The cycle closed on the 24th. So I'll give it another month before you know I get probably nc and start because i just yeah. want to track it right uh, it's, it's all about tracking and i want to make sure hey when i'm swiping this thing i'm swiping it for the three acts so yeah. uh, that well, is one one, oh, one thing before you kind of move on is that i think a lot of people also want to know if they apply for this card they get approved for it um how long did it take for the card to get shipped to you uh was it five days seven days and then when you spent and hit the sign up bonus how long did it take for that sign up bonus to post to your account yeah, so it took a while to get the card, which is surprising. Usually, like uh, my experience, even with like debit cards, is like three to five days, and they show up. Maybe because it, it was Labor Day weekend, because I applied on the first, I got the card on the eighth. Okay, so it that's took, pretty standard. Yeah, it took eight yeah. total days, four business days. Um, the rewards never updated in the first cycle. So, like as I was making purchases, as I bought the airline tickets and all that, it still showed zero rewards in the app. And then when this uh, this the statement closed on the twenty fourth, and I logged in and viewed the statement, uh, it still showed zero rewards in the statement. Mm-hmm. So it did. I did have, which was cool in the app. I had a little tracker as I was making the spends. It was like closing in on the fifteen hundred, mm-hmm. and then it just disappeared, and I never saw it again. And it's like nothing got mentioned about. <laughs> yeah, I made it, but nothing got mentioned about yeah. the rewards or anything. And then a day after the statement closed on twenty fourth, then on the twenty fifth, I got an email from Wells Fargo your words have been updated and I logged into the app and to the reward center. And then that's where I saw the 30 uh, had 34,500. So I, I, I had an initial 4,500 from the, from the spending plus the 30,000. So it mm-hmm. took some time. Like if you're uh, like me who, who likes to track stuff uh, it, it makes you a bit impatient. Cause it's like, it's not, sure. it's not updating real time. Um, so that was another probably downfall or a, a bad thing about the card was like, uh, for tracking purposes, I just feel like it, it's it could be better. But maybe again, we'll give it some time uh, before I come up with uh, those final thoughts on it. But yeah, it, it takes a while. But uh, if you if you just if you're like me and you have a spreadsheet and you track it yourself, you already know like okay, this is what I'm supposed to get. So um, it's it's uh, it's been fun. It's been uh, nerve wracking and uh, a whole whole bunch of uh, different emotions. But I think the biggest one uh, has been like just fun to get into something new right because for so long it's been cash in my pocket and the occasional debit card and now it's like i'm back in this uh game of credit card rewards and it's been fun learning about them watching your Mm -hmm. channel watching some of the channels you recommended some of those guys man with those credit card portfolios i saw one guy had a photo album with like 40 plus cards and i'm like geez louise like how the heck do you keep track of all that so i'm i'm still new to that game uh i'm not uh, ready to Not ready to commit to credit card number two, but credit card number one has been good. Oh, you build your card card portfolio one card at a time. That's right. That's right. right. So yeah. you're you're on the way there, which is very good. And and so I think what's really exciting for for me is that you know you're you're just kind of dipping your toes into what is actually a really great credit card, and so you can use this kind of as a way to kind of feel comfortable and get more comfort with using the card on the different categories that aren't rotating. They actually mm-hmm. stay the same. So you know what card or what you should use for this card, which is very helpful. Uh, and then my hope for you is that one day we can get you in to get another card where they can actually act as your catch-all card. And after mm-hmm. that point, you're done. You don't two need cards. to get two cards set up. That's all you can do. You can any kind of... You can do active cash, the two percent. You could do SoFi two percent. You could do it. There's a lot of two percent cards out there, mm-hmm. um, but I think that would be great. And then you can just ride as long as you want with that. And most people, that is sufficient. You don't need to go crazy. Um, if you want to eventually kind of go into more advanced stuff, we can we can certainly have a chat. Yeah. But I think 
that we're just gonna start you on that kind of baby steps and yeah and yeah. I, I think it's really great that you know you're giving this a shot i know you had a lot of issues with credit card debt in the past so i i want to be very careful with you yeah. and want to make sure that you know we, we kind of get you back in the right way but i think you're off to a really great start you're using the credit card for all the right reasons you're very good about your money and making sure that you don't overspend and to be very good about making sure that you use cards uh, for the right categories and for the right reasons. Yeah. And I think a, a true test, if I'm ready to do this or not, is when we're on the road, uh, because in the past it'd be like, well, I'll stop at the souvenir shop and buy all these souvenirs and God, I got a fridge yeah. full of magnets and keychains and all this. So like, that'll be a good test. Like, do I fall in those traps of like buying these little things just because I have a credit card accessible or, yeah. Am I going to be more methodical, calculated like I intend to be and and, and use it for what I say I'm going to use it and use it for nothing yeah. else? Well, so let me give you a recommendation here. I mean, thinking from the credit card uh, enthusiast mindset, if I only had one card, like the autograph card, I'd only use that card to buy the stuff on the card, like gas, travel, transit, cell phone, streaming. And I wouldn't actually use that card for anything else. Mm -hmm. So just think about that when you kind of yeah. go to the souvenir store, like, you know what? I'm going to get one X on those things. I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. They're not getting like my 2% or whatever. Right. And so yeah, that's yeah. a good mindset. I think to start out with, uh, to see if, you know, you can hold off and use a credit card for those purchases. Yeah, for sure. And and I've seen that too. Like, uh, like at the, uh, at the, I don't know if groceries are three X category or not, but not on the autograph. Not on the autograph. Yeah. yeah. So I've gone to a grocery store. Like I was just at Whole Foods today. And it was like 250 bucks. And I'm already, my wheels are spinning. I'm like 3X what that would have been. But I'm like, this card, <laughs> it's only 1X or whatever. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's not because, you know, it, it does turn into sort of a game, right? You, you Where you want to maximize it. And, and I, I feel the itch to do it, but I'm kind of pushing myself back and saying, hey, let's take this baby steps, like you said, um, trust the process. Uh, do do it in a methodical way and see how it works out but yeah i'll keep you guys posted i'm even thinking about doing like a a, a statement update video where like i'll show my statement kind of like a portfolio update except it's my statement update and be like hey look gas travel 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 that's all i spent right like i didn't i didn't uh get coffee i didn't go buy something else that i shouldn't right, have on the right. card so that's anything to keep me accountable uh, i think will be good what do you think in terms of your statement? I know that a lot of people who are new to credit cards, they, they have different ideas of how they pay their statement. What is kind of your strategy of paying your statement based on the statement date or the due date? Kind of what is, would you be thinking so, about? This so, so another thing I didn't mention is my credit limit was 7,500 on this card, uh, which for me, I mean, if I'm planning a big trip, honestly, it's going to cost more than that. Right. So mm -hmm. I, in just the most recent trip that I booked, it was like 3,500. Right. So I have to yeah. like break, this down so that one i can i charge on it and i don't care about the statement date i literally pay it off as soon as it posts mm -hmm. not for the fact that uh, uh i can but because i want to free up more credit line so mm -hmm. that then i can book another trip or whatever the case may be so right now the way i'm approaching it is my my cycle closes in the 24th but literally every time i make a purchase two three days after a post i have a payment coming in so i'm constantly like keep the utilization low okay, and that's a, good. probably a strategic thing too with such a low credit limit and it being my only revolving credit limit if i let it ride out to the statement and they report a high okay. balance it'll probably ding my credit score i don't know a whole yeah, well, heck of a lot well i think that's good i mean especially now because you're only using the credit card for certain purchases there's not a lot of purchases so yeah. it's actually easy to kind of Spend, make a like, payment with a purchase like, yeah like three or four purchases a month it's like okay that's totally fine yeah but you know once you start using it like more regularly uh not that you would but if you did you'd have like 30 40 50 purchases. that's gonna be very cumbersome and it so a, a strategy that actually people use is is they actually time the way they pay off their purchases on the credit card it's irrelevant if you do it like 10 times or like one time mm -hmm. so basically at the end of the statement date so say you're statement end date is the fifth of the month basically anytime before that third fourth uh second third fourth things like that you would just pay some amount to the credit card statement you could pay the full thing you could pay half of it whatever um and so you want to pay that so that when the payment posts the amount left on your statement is going to be very small minimal so yeah. if you had for example thirty five hundred dollars on your credit card and you paid thirty two hundred dollars like on the second and then it closed on the fifth, 
the credit card statement only shows you owe three hundred dollars. That's yeah. going to be well below the ten percent utilization number that you want to be below. So we do have to be like, I'm going to pay a thousand dollars like on Thursday, a thousand dollars on Saturday, a thousand dollars on like Monday. That's going to be like it's it like be a too lot. Stressful. Right. So if you want to, I think to make your life easier, it's easier to just kind of look for the statement date, take a couple of days before that, and just like do one payment. Yeah. And that way, it's not going to be like ah, there's like so many different things to, to worry about yeah that's probably once we once we get out on the road and start traveling i'm not gonna have like time to review every purchase like i do now yeah. so it's gonna probably be where i set up the auto pay and like you said that's a good advice i'm gonna make it my my statement due date is the 24th i'll make it like the 19th or 18th or something have it pay off and uh obviously i'll review the statement and all that because yeah i mean just phillips and uh, a bunch of the camping stuff is gonna be like everyday purchases so i'm gonna have 50 minimum transactions on this card every month so mm, definitely mm. something yeah where i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to do it the way i do it now um yeah. let's uh see what's going on with the crowd here we got uh some people here in oh look at this mike jones says it's a recession even monkey finance got a credit card ah! <laughs> appreciate that mike <laughs> Yeah, we all I mean, need credit, right? Yeah, it is. It, it's funny, you know. We were talking about this a little bit behind the scenes, but yeah, we're in a full blown recession right now. Um, stock market's been down, uh, gosh, 25 percent, something like that. Um, to start the year, I think uh, we're talking, and it's like a lot of the uh, niche YouTube finance stuff has really died off. Nobody want nobody wants to watch YouTube finance anymore. Cause uh, all you guys do is lose me money. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been interesting, you know, I've uh, taken some time off here in the past couple of weeks, kind of regrouping and uh, trying to see what I'm gonna do with future content uh, when it comes to the stock market stuff. But uh, I'm curious to find out your strategy Stan. has anything changed for you um, last time we spoke, uh, you were 80, 20, 80, uh, total us, 20, uh, us small value. Uh, I'm assuming nothing has, but I, I always like to ask, you know, in these, uh, trying times where a lot of investors are being shaken out of the market, has anything changed as far as your investing philosophy? Sure. Yeah. So just to review, my strategy is super simple. I'm a very simple minded person. Basically I do 80% VTI and then I do 20% into small cap value, whether it be the ETF version. I think I use SLYV or, or I use FISVX if it's in a mutual fund and, and whatever account I'm using. And so that's been my strategy. Uh, I am uh, still young, so I don't have any bonds in my portfolio yet, which is fine because apparently they kind of went down too yeah. um, recently. And so basically it's the same for me. Uh, the only thing that is I don't put in as much anymore because as you know, I am trying to save for a down payment for a house. And so in my mind, I try to keep any purchases I plan on making the next two years in cash. And so instead of kind of putting all my savings into a market like I had been doing the past year, year and a half, two years ago, I'm actually saving a more, a lot more in cash, not because of the stock market being low, but because I need to utilize that money eventually to make a down payment on the house. And so yeah. that's kind of the only difference between the last time I talked to you and now, but my overall investment strategy has still remained exactly the same. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, it's important for everybody watching and anybody watch this on the replay to understand uh, in, in these types of times there, it's almost a guarantee it's going to happen, uh, happens every so often. And it, the best thing to do is what me and Stanley are doing is, is not do anything Like right? don't change uh, out of your investment philosophy just because it hasn't worked this year. When, if you look in the last 10 years, your investment philosophy kicks ass, right? So, uh, stay the course guys. I know it's tough out there. Uh, one thing I've done that's really helped me sleep better and not worry about it is I've disconnected myself from it. Uh, I deleted the Vanguard app. I don't check my portfolio. I don't know what's going on with the market. Occasionally, I take a peek at the S&P uh, to see where it's at. Other than that, uh, I, I try not to look because I know uh, you know, emotions could be high when you look and you see a lot of red and you're, you 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 want to do something. But the best thing to do is is, is do nothing. Uh, but yeah, good, good, good point, Mike. Uh, even Mookie got a credit card in a recession. We got a storm being in the house. Uh he says, I just can't do business with, with Wells Fargo, no matter how good the product I use credit for everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's tough, right? I've, like I said, I, I don't have any previous experience with them, so I've, I'm willing to give this a shot. Obviously if I feel like they do me wrong, you know what I do with companies like that, I'll nix them and, right. and I'll go somewhere else. But yeah, it is, uh, it is, it is tough. And if they've screwed you in the past, I definitely agree. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do business with them like me and Chase. 
Uh, Mike Jones says, I'm the same way with Chase. They ripped me a new one way too many times. Yeah. And again, everything and what I've learned, too, is like it's perspective, right? Like if you want to look at it that way, that's fine. Uh, But sometimes like you got to look at yourself, too. Like, why did you put yourself in the positions where they were raking you on the interest rate and the credit cards or they were raking you in the car loan or whatever, whatever the case was, you know, it's like sometimes you put yourself in those positions too. And it didn't matter if it was Chase or Wells Fargo, Bank of America, you still would have, whoever you were with, you would have been charged those crazy, you know, interest rates and fees because you were probably in a position where you had a lot of credit card debt or whatever the case may be. But any thoughts on that? Uh, I know you probably have relationships with multiple uh, lending institutions and, probably all of them are are in good standing and you don't get yourself in, into those positions where where you get into into trouble with the fees or the interest rates. Yeah, I mean, I I've been pretty fortunate that I've had good relationships with all the banks I've been working with. Um, you know, everyone's going to have a problem in terms of when they lose their car, they get targeted with for fraud or something and so you're going to have to talk to customer service no matter what you do and and for for me everything has been pretty good with them. They they handle the situation very quickly. Um, I I work with Bank America and Chase at American Express most commonly. Uh, and they are always really great about being very quick to fix the problem, either replace my card or take away some charters that were not mine. And and they never really questioned that. Um, you know, I've never had to pay them interest because I I never uh, hold the balance of my credit card. It's always paid off in full all the time, and so I, I have avoided that. Um, but it, it depends on the person, right? It depends on kind of how yeah. many financial products you have, what products you use, and, and, and you know, the more complicated the problem, the more complicated the issues may come up. Um, but really for me, it's basically just been, you know, regular accounts and, um, credit cards. And, and so for me, I've had fortunately good experiences with those banks. I've never had, again, a Wells Fargo experience. I hear on the comments on my videos a lot about the Wells Fargo card that, you know, I hate Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is so bad. Like customer service is so terrible. And, and, you know, I, I think that, that there's some merit to that based on their past history, but yeah. I have had no personal experience with them. So I can't really say that they're bad other than saying I've heard that they've had, bad experiences with other people yeah. or people have experiences with them, you know? And and also what's bad to somebody else could be good to somebody to another person, right? So like just because one person had a bad experience, like if I had a had a terrible uh run in with Chase for a long time where it was uh high interest uh credit cards, high interest car loans, uh, even my wife's private student loans, I mean I we paid thousands and thousands of dollars in interest to Chase. Part of that is again not chase's problem they offered those products we're the ones that signed up for them so uh it's not like their customer service or they did something fraudulent to intentionally rip us off i well, it wasn't anything like that so it really it is you know it depends on the person and um uh, i'm willing to give, give wells fargo a shot just because the credit card nothing nothing else with them um I, I just i like where i'm at with the credit union with the interest rates and all that and no other debt uh so i'm pretty happy all right, we got Ralph. Ralph, I haven't seen you before. You must, I don't know if you're new or if you're from uh, Stanley's uh, side here, but if you're able to pay your balance every month and you have self-control, it's crazy not to use credit cards. I only use no annual fee cards and get about $1,000 in free money every year. Wow, that is uh, that is uh, something I'm going to strive for. I don't know if I'm going to quite, <laughs> uh, unless I get like uh, sign-up bonuses every year with new cards, I don't know if I can get hit 1000 but that's awesome. And, and, and you kind of, Roth, you seem to be on the same page as me. No annual fee cards. Again, uh, for me, it's, there's something about paying annual fee. Now, Stanley, on the other hand, he's got like, what's your highest annual fee card? 595? Uh, that was a 695 X platinum. That's the highest one, but there's, it's, I have, I have two of them. And so, <laughs> so that's kind of a problem. So, so- <laughs> So Ralph, you're getting a thousand dollars in free money. Stan is paying over thirteen hundred dollars in uh, in annual fees. So what? Uh, and I'm curious about this. I know I've seen in your sure. portfolio these cards. What what is it that like uh, that brings so much value from those two cards that you can justify that maybe uh, a no annual fee card wouldn't like three? Are you getting like six x, ten x in your in your certain categories where it makes it worth it, or what's mm. what's the deal with that? So. I think that there's going to be a lot of there's got a lot of layers to that question. I think the first thing I'll say is that the higher the annual fee card you get, the better rewards and the better value you get from the card if you use it correctly. But you have to use it correctly to get that value back. And so, yes, you do get rewards like multipliers, for example, on the Amex Platinum. For example, you get 5x back on flights. 
one X everything else. That's that's higher, but that's not very. It's very limiting. It's not a card you typically use to spend, except for maybe flights. Mm -hmm. And so what you end up having is a lot of cards with benefits that could be have. They could give you some value in other ways. So for example, the X Five has a, a load of benefits, and there's too many to name. But basically, there are benefits. For example, like a two hundred dollar incidental fee credit where you can you spend that money on like seat upgrades or seat or baggage things and they can actually reimburse you for that they have like a hundred dollars sacks of avenue credit where you spend fifty dollars per every six months and you can get the money back for that and so you you take these little tiny credits and you start mm. to build them up again um and and they can actually bring you value back from the cards you already have um also you know these higher annual fee cards, they tend to have higher sign-up bonuses. So for your card, the Wells Fargo Autograph card, you had a 1500 spend to get $300 back. That's a 20% return on spend, right? And so that's pretty good. Um, there's also, uh, for example, the Ice Platinum, you can get, the one I got uh, was 100,000 membership rewards points for 6,000 in spend in six months, I think is what it was. And so um, the thing with those points, though, is that was a, whereas the Wells Fargo points are only worth one cent per point, so you would get uh, 30,000 points is $300. The 100,000 reward points actually can be valued at much more than one cent per point, depending on how you use them. Mm -hmm. And so even though it could be $1,000, that could actually be $2,000 or more, again, depending on how you use them with transfer partners or other ways to redeem them to get a higher valuation of cents per point. Typically, two cents per point is a, the way we look at it, but you can get up to five, 10, 15 cents per point, wow. depending on how you use them. And there's a whole industry and a whole YouTube community about how to do that and how to do that correctly. And even I'm still learning about that stuff. I'm not they are pro at that either. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I think that's another thing to talk about when you look at these higher annual fee credit cards. Um, with the Platinum specifically too, and with other credit cards, you can also ask them called a retention offer where if you have a card for a year and you don't think it's making you a lot of value anymore, you can call the customer service uh, retention team and see if they can offer you a retention offer where they would give you more points if you had some spend requirement to keep the card open. Mm. And so I think that's also a really good way to, uh, you know, get more value from the card too. And so that's the, the deal with the annual fee cards. Again, sometimes you're right now we're thinking about the Wells Fargo autograph where you have spending as kind of primary, primary way to make points. Yeah. But for these other cards that are higher annual fee, sometimes there's something called keeper cards where based on the benefits you get, whether it be airline, hotel or whatever, those will offset the annual fee in some way. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, and I think, you know, that's a whole nother level to unpack and, I, I I don't see myself maybe finding a card like that just because it's like whatever the benefits are, like if, even if it's a 5X category on travel and you get the uh, lounges and you got uh, uh, airline credit or a hotel stay credit, it's like you really have to make sure all those checkpoints you can utilize to make it a no annual fee card. Base. Like if you were already going to book that hotel or use that, right. whatever it is, right? And Right. It, it, it's a whole nother level, but yeah, that's interesting. I've, I've always thought of it as like, uh, to, to quote John Bogle performance comes and goes, but fees last forever. It's like, sure. You get the sign up bonus, yep. but then next year you still got to pay the annual fee. Right. But now that you mentioned this retention offer, I don't know about that. That kind of makes it, I guess, a little bit more worth it. Cause like what's year three or four looking like if you're still paying 650 bucks, but you don't have that 120 point, 120,000 case sign yeah. up. And all well, that. the issue is the yeah, because you have to, constantly look at these cards and make sure they get value for you and don't be afraid to cancel them if you yeah. cancel them. I mean, that's... Or downgrade, that's really, right? You said downgrade. You could also yeah. downgrade to absolutely to a no annual fee if that's an option. And so I think that there's a lot of strategy involved with these annual fee credit cards. But to keep things very simple, if you have a no annual fee card, you have like maybe one or two, you could live with that for the rest of your life and, and get a lot of value from that. Yeah. And yeah. in Ralph's case, $1,000 a year. That's awesome. I that's mean, great. That's, Good for you, Ralph. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And it's tax free, right? I don't think I. I don't know. I haven't no, filed it's, taxes. That, but, it's tax free. Yeah. Right. It's, Nobody's it's the, asking you to point. show a tax yeah. form on this. That's awesome. Even uh, cheating taxes there legally. Uh, Mike says, "Is this? It is safe to say we're all investing less during these expensive times." Uh, well, I mean, in Stanley's case, he's saving up for a house, so he's investing a little bit less, but uh, he's still on 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 track. Uh, for me, Mike, it's it is investing less. Part of it. Uh, my income has been cut. Obviously, I am actively seeking to get back into the workforce full time, but haven't found the right opportunity yet. But we'll see what comes of that by the end of the year. Hopefully, 
I'll have something lined up. Uh, for me, I just need to get my income up if I'm going to invest more. But right now, really, it's uh, 401k and Roth IRA. Roth IRA has already been maxed out. 401k is not going to get maxed out this year. Uh, no taxable investing. Uh, 529 for my son's education. I've dip, dipped a little bit into the, uh, put some money into there, about $3,000 so far, uh, past two months. But other than that, yeah, I mean, things are expensive too. It's um, 250 bucks in groceries, 150 bucks to fill up gas. These things start adding up. And with having less disposable income, it makes it difficult to invest in times where I should be investing more, but it's not working out like that. And, and uh, part of the thing again is, is, and I don't know if he's in here tonight, but Anzor was in our private member and he mentioned he's on vacation in Greece uh, for, for a couple of weeks now. And he's just talking about, Hey, you know, market up, whether the market's up or down, you still want to build those experiences and live life a little bit too. So uh, I think in the past I've caught myself investing every dollar. And now as uh, our dreams of traveling, getting the truck, getting the RV are starting to come to fruition, I'm more um, lenient on not maximizing and investing every dollar. And even if it is a down market and I could take advantage of investing more now, uh, I have more than enough, I feel like, to live out the dreams that me and my wife have. And, uh, you know, if, if you are still maybe, you know, investing your first $10,000, uh, maybe cut down a little bit and, and and invest a little bit more. But if you've already built up a hundred, dollars $300,000 portfolio, you've already done a good enough job where, um, you know, over the next 30 years, it's not going to be the difference of what you invest today. It's what you've already invested. That's going to make you uh, very wealthy. Yeah, totally agree. All right. We got a private member here in the house. Uh, I would use chase freedom card for every transaction I did in the past. I would overspend Now I only use it. Now I only use it if needed. Yeah. And, and, uh, Robert, that's a good, thing for for a lot of people to understand is and myself included is, which is why this new credit card i'm not going to be using for everyday stuff is i can see myself starting in the path of i'll just get an iced coffee or i'll just get this i'll get this i'll get this i'll get at the convenience store and get a can of pop and it's just like these little and uh, i was working with 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 a uh, a a friend on breaking down his uh credit card transactions and like literally Every single day, there was like $3, $4, you know, these min- minute transactions. And at the end, when we totaled it all, it was 550 bucks a, a month. And the question was, do your rewards make you 550 a month? And the answer was no. So it's like, okay, well, either you stop using this thing or you use it more responsibly and not for like these knickknack items because you do tend to overspend. And I was in this camp and I'm still on the side of this camp that most people probably are not good enough with their card. Myself, and I'll put myself in that camp where we cannot control ourselves and we do tend to overspend when we use it every day. Um, any, any thoughts there, uh, Stanley, I know you, you're not in this camp, but have you run into anybody that uh, has told you, Hey, uh, I guess not on your channel. Cause you guys, all you guys do is maximize stuff, but do you know, have any experiences with people overspending, uh, trying to either chase rewards or just overspending mindlessly by not even realizing. Yeah, I mean, it's very common. I mean, in the community, is that you know people sometimes just don't have the capability of controlling themselves and controlling their spending when they're given a certain credit limit on a credit card. And so you have to just kind of ask yourself, can I control myself when I have this available credit limit, or can I not? But I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, where I said, you know, try to think like one of us. Try to think of like a maximizer or efficiency standpoint. Like you have the Wells Fargo autograph. It gets 1x and everything else. That sucks. So yeah. don't spend on that, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, just like for a Robo here, you know, he will use a Chase Freedom card for every transaction. That would get you 1x on that stuff. It has a great 5% rotating category, which you, I think, would be really good to use. But, you know, because it's 1x, maybe it's worth to not think about spending money on that card and so that can help now when you have that two percent card available that it comes a little bit more tricky right because now you're yeah. like okay now i have a good card that i can use for good rewards uh but i think that for your specific situation right now that's gonna be very helpful to have that mindset you know i have a credit card but it'll get one x you know on that yeah. that sucks i'm not gonna yeah. do that basically treat the one x like it's cash like whether <laughs> yeah. i pay cash or swipe this card it doesn't mean one x you really got to rack up the spending right you gotta to do i anything. really need to make that count no <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and i and i and i think that's that's definitely good advice all right we got julius in the house uh julius says i do the same thing i pay off the entire balance every week yeah so he's probably referring to when we were talking about earlier how i'm making my payments 
Um, yeah, I mean, anything, Julius, that works for you, that keeps you, uh, that helps you track your spending and keeps you uh, at a zero balance when the statement closes, right? Make, making sure you don't owe anything or you don't carry over a balance. Whatever it is that works for you, uh, knock it out. Um, Joshua oh, Butler credit Josh- cards. Do you recognize this? I do. do. He is another credit card uh, YouTuber. Hey, Josh, I hope you're still in the chat here. Uh, If you guys haven't checked out Josh's uh, channel, he makes some pretty good credit card content as well. Actually, I'm always impressed by his video editing quality. So I know Mookie mentioned that my editing quality is good. You got to check out Josh's channel. I will. His editing quality is is oh my god, it's so good. I don't even know how he does that. So uh, great, uh, good to see you, Josh. Uh, Thanks for stopping by, and uh, looks like he's still here, which is excellent. Uh, but no, we've been, uh, you know, interfacing and co- uh, talking to him in the comments and, and he's always been a big supporter of my channel. And so I'm happy to, you know, see that he's here and hopefully the rest of you guys, uh, you know, in this chat, check out his channel as well. And uh, do you guys in the credit card community, cause I'm, I don't, I don't know, you're the only guy I know in the credit card community, but in the finance community, you know, we, we, there's, there's a close knit group of us, small content creators that mm-hmm. talk or, uh, uh, correspond back and forth. Is it the same way? I'm assuming with you guys, you guys have a small group of guys that, uh, you know, you bounce ideas off of talk, catch yeah. up with and all that. I think that what's really nice about the credit card community in general is that a lot of us are pretty friendly. And there's a lot of great commenting uh, down in the comments channel. We also talk, you know, also by Instagram as well, kind of direct message. Uh, you know, in terms of the YouTube, like, support, you know, sometimes, you know, you want to have that support system when you're making videos. And so everyone's been super nice. Everyone in the community also is very smart about mm-hmm. what they're doing and it kind of how they're getting value from the credit cards. And and so it's really cool to kind of bounce ideas off of not only the content creators from the credit card community, but also from, you know, uh, other people as well who are also very, very knowledgeable. Um, there's actually uh, another community that was formed by uh, some other content creators that are, are much more popular than, than myself, uh, Mark Plymel and Daniel Braun, who started a Discord channel for credit cards. Oh, that's and awesome. it is very, very popular. It's got, I don't know how many people, like maybe thousand or something. It's got a lot of Jeez. people. And they are active on it all the time. There's multiple channels on there uh, where they just talk about how can they get the best value from credit cards. And and everyone there is is very knowledgeable, much more knowledgeable, I think, than than you know than myself or or a lot of the content creators too. And and, and it's really fun to kind of see everyone working towards the same goal of getting yeah. this, the the best value of credit cards. Uh, looks like I'm making a Josh blush here. Uh, you're welcome, Josh. No, you deserve <laughs> it, man. You're making great content and your editing is like fire. You got to teach me sometime how to make my content even better. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think, you know, in the in the finance space, especially stock market investing, um, we all tend to, as far as creators, have our own uh, strategies or our own uh, ideas. And uh, a lot of the guys that I was, uh, you know, friendly with, or we eventually ended up butting heads on philosophies or investments or mm-hmm. all that. So it, it's a little bit different. I think uh, in the past, uh, when I first started, I was a, you know, less than a thousand subscribers. It was a really close knit community, and now it's more like every man for themselves. So it's kind of cool. You guys are, you guys are still kind of, you know, bouncing ideas off each other and, and talking and uh, kind of. Uh, working towards the same goal which at the end really uh anybody on youtube here as we come on as creators is our only goal should be the viewer and you know presenting stuff to the audience that would make their life better in whatever uh genre or or niche that we're in so that's cool joshua i'll make sure i'll I'll check out your channel guys uh let me give stanley his shout out again i'll make sure i link him uh he's the credit frog uh the credit frog slash credit frog or credit card strategies um, he actually just became a member with his, uh, and thank you for that. Do you have private memberships available yet or no? Uh, I do. I haven't actually publicly announced them yet. Mm. Uh, I will be doing so in the next week or two. I just okay. kind of soft rolled it out just to gotcha. kind of get it all set up. Uh, but it's something that, you know, if you really want to support me and my channel, that'd be something great. You get a nice little icon, just like the one you have on your channel as well. So, uh, I, I definitely have that set up and we'll be announcing that soon. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, guys, make sure you jump over there, check them out. Puts out great work. Um, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to come on here. Uh, congratulations again. This was supposed to be the celebration of 1K. I know you've blown the doors off of 1K, but uh, when 1K happened, I was out of town and took yeah. us a long time to get this uh, scheduled, but uh, we've got it worked in. Uh, but hey, don't be a stranger. You're always welcome to come on the Monkey Finance uh 
uh, YouTube channel and, and uh, discuss whatever you got on your mind. And I think the viewers uh, are, are open to learning new things um, as well. Uh, as we part here, any final words from you, Stanley, uh, as far as how was your first live stream? I think you, if I had to grade you, I'd give you a 10 out of 10. But uh, any thoughts from you? How did it go? And uh, when's the next live stream going to be? Hopefully on your own channel, I'm assuming. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Rick, for having me on this live stream. Uh, you know, I think I'm more excited about you getting a credit card at my 1K. That was the, the two things we had talking about. Me having my first live stream at 1K, but you also getting your first credit card at 1K. And and you stuck to the bargain and you did it. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I'm looking forward to see what comes of this and, you know, make sure that you're held accountable for everything. And I think you're going to be uh, really excited and really impressed about how much more financial freedom you have with a credit card at your disposal. Yeah. Um, I think this is pretty fun. I think this is a nice way to create content. You know, a lot of my videos, I do I put a lot of work into them in terms of editing them and shooting them and, and making the script and everything. But these are really nice because I can just come on and, and just talk and really get to know some of you as well as some of the people down in the comments and uh, as well. So I want to do more of these. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to have one soon. Uh, I, don't have one, uh, I don't have any plans yet for that, but I will certainly make live streaming a part of my channel in the future uh hopefully within the next several months uh but i haven't had a uh, thought yet of how i'm going to integrate it yet so that is to be determined but of course we'll always be back here on the moki finance channel to make sure that everything is going well with you and credit cards sure thing well hey thanks again <laughs> uh for, to, uh, to the credit frog and stanley here for coming on thank you guys uh, they're watching in the comment section everybody watching on the replay you guys stay safe out there and always remember move obstacles keep investing.